The Tights and Fights podcast, for over six years, a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Danielle Radford and Lindsay Kelk. And this is a special rerun episode of Tights and Fights. In just a minute, we're going to play our episode that focuses on WrestleMania 33. And to that, I ask both of you, which one was that? Because <laughs> I don't remember. I want to say Florida, right? Because... I went. I was sure. there. That's just a safe bet for WrestleManias yeah. in general, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's just a safe bet. I was reading this and I'm like, why is this so familiar? And it's like, because you were there, because you were at it. Um, and then I was like, well, is it Florida oh. or Texas? And then I'm trying to remember what I ate during oh. that mania, which is usually how I remember. I definitely was at the proposal. Like that's how I know. Right. Okay. Now the most it's important back. part. Now it's coming the back. Part of this mania. It was the proposal. Oof. There was awkward. Uh, <laughs> which I still contend would have worked if Randy would have actually friggin' uh, committed to it. Was when Bray Wyatt put the bugs on the floor. No, but if you think if you think about Damn it, no. where we're seeing inside a manifestation of Randy's mind, this is theater of the mind. How it's not that the bugs are actually being projected we are seeing what bray is putting into randy's brain that only worked one time and it was 2020 it was the bray wyatt john cena match it needs to be a not in a stadium not projecting like it just looked like it looked if uh every bad bowling alley and that andy warhol party from oliver stone's the doors had a child (laughs) and then that puked on the ring during a match shame Shame, WWE. Shame, I say. Look at these bugs. (laughs) It was scary. I mean, in hindsight, the whole thing is kind of for shame. It's 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 a weird one, and it was a fun one to be at. But I, it was also too warm. Like, not to be nana about this, but it was very hot in Orlando, and I was not in the shade. And a lot of us were having some distress. Uh, It was very warm, and they hadn't thought it through. But I think the thing that made it so crazy bananas on the night was the return of the hardies Mm. like it was the pop of all pops people lost their minds and their dicks dicks and minds uh that's who you're speaking to (laughs) dicks and minds of the people yeah gone gone wow the the roman undertaker thing fared less well (laughs) in the room didn't play well in the room Mm mm-hmm but yeah, I mostly remember the proposal and just thinking, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fun. And also no. like, in public. <laughs> so classic John Cena that he's like, you don't remember this, but I actually did propose to you. Well, you were under anesthetic and uh, you did say yes, but I guess I'll do it again. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow, John. Way to ruin a girl's special moment. Yeah. But it's a wild one to look back on because it feels entirely forgettable. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Florida. Well, marvel at the return of the Hardys, wince at the Kevin Owens-Jericho match that Vince hated and 
cause Jericho to leave for New Japan and feel awkward when John Cena proposes to Nikki Bella, because we all know what happened. Without further delay, here is our take on WrestleMania 33, as it was originally recorded and published in 2017. Welcome back to Tights and Bites. I'm Al Loveland, and I'm joined Y'all by... Y'all Mr. Jones. <laughs> we will not tell you what it is. <laughs> Who else is in here? Who is that? Who's that sweet voice I hear? <laughs> oh, my, I'm sorry. It's me, Mike Eagle. That's right. It was I, you. Uh, I didn't... It was you. I thought it was somebody else. It was you all along. Mr. Mean Guy. That's right. God damn it. WrestleMania is the longest, most exciting, and most exhausting WWE <laughs> show of the year. And just like every year, it serves as a sort of season finale to the WWE before the next season starts the next day on Raw. So let's get right to the main event of the evening where Roman Reigns became the second man to defeat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Good job, Vince. This was Undertaker's <laughs> retirement match. Was this the best send-off he could have gotten? Ooh. Nope. Danielle, what do you think? <laughs> I think that this is what they had. I think that he kept trying to go and come back, and I think that he hit the wall. And so they were like, not WWE, but maybe like a doctor or his wife was like, you got to stop. And so, yeah, it's not necessarily ideal, but it was what was already on the books. I mean, obviously, we can think of all of the people that we would have liked to have seen do that. It would have been great if it was any of these like older dudes that he's got like a connection with. That did it. Because what young guy can you think of that anyone would have been super psyched retired Undertaker? Like, no one. You want it to be the nostalgia Ooh, thing. You want know. it to be I, someone he worked with. I don't know. No, because I think whoever it is is going to get some blowback. And so why not Reigns? I don't why know. Not let, why no. not let him soak in that? new? He already has nuclear heat. Why not let him soak in more of it? I don't know. I feel like it would have been better in service of a younger wrestler who had been booked well up until that point where it made sense. And that's the thing, like, because yeah. to me, the supernatural gimmick <laughs> guy, I mean, you should have put Bray, we should have put Bray Wyatt over two years ago. You know it, what I mean? Like, that's, been cool. that's when it would have made sense. And, and I don't, I just think unless you're going to pull the trigger on this Reigns heel turn. Which they don't, I mean, it's just, they're just fucking with us at this point. You know what I mean? Well, he's basically a heel, guys. Which I told y'all, by the way. I'm going to keep saying it. I told y'all that he was. they were going to play the whole, he's really a heel. He can just be a heel without us saying he's a heel. Well, I knew it. We're going to come back to that in a second. I, I will say I think that Come back he... to your face in a second. <laughs> Go ahead. Come on back to my face. It'll still be adorable. <laughs> I do think Roman Reigns is going to, to take on the same role that Asuka has, where it doesn't oh, matter who he's facing. No. He just fights. I, I, look, better or worse. That's just, that's just a theory I'm throwing out there. However, whoever beats him gets a rub. Roman Reigns gets a rub off of it, even though it's not as special anymore because it already happened. If 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 I were going to put Bray Wyatt over Undertaker, I would have done it in 2014 when he was really hot because mm-hmm. they had not started booking him poorly. Like he's 50-50 at best right now. Back then, if, if I remember correctly, he was mostly rolling through people. Yeah. So him defeating The Undertaker then not only would have been a gigantic shock because The Undertaker never loses, but it wouldn't have been a it would have been a gigantic shock because Bray Wyatt hasn't even been in the business that long. Right. You're a gigantic shock. 
I am a gigantic shark because it's shocking how cute I am. It is shocking. He's so cute. You are so cute. You right. But, you right. But let's talk a little bit about that moment on Raw. This is my yard now. I have to say, that is maybe my favorite thing that Roman Reigns has ever done. Oh, yeah. And, and For I sure. guarantee you, while they told him, gave him an idea of what was going to happen, he handled that so well. The number of times he raised the mic, like he knew exactly when to drop the hammer. He knew how to get them built up. He said the exact right thing, which I'm sure they went over. Like, he played it perfectly. And and after watching that, I don't care if he's a heel or face. The, the fact is the guy puts on good matches with pretty much everybody he faces. Undertaker was a tough one just because he's hurt. And they didn't – I think they – I get what they were playing up where he, where he just wouldn't go down and he was hurt. But I wanted to see, like, the pained gunslinger a lot more out of him where he just – couldn't do it. It felt like, because if they if those mistakes were planned, they did not look planned no, at weren't. all. Well, they yeah, the, like just mistakes. I think that the problem is is that we wanted to see that the pained gunslinger. Yeah. But to do that, you have to the person doing it has to not be pained. Right. It doesn't work if the last gunslinger is actually like super dead. Like if he's actually injured and hurt and he physically cannot come back, which is why they probably should have had him do it a couple of years ago when he was healthy enough where he could have sold it as like, I'm hurt, but I'm injured and I'm fighting and now I'm dead. Instead, it's just like, oh, no, like me, the real guy (laughs) who is married to Michelle McCool and has children that I love cannot get off of this mat. It physically cannot happen. Fair enough. Moving on, while Taker retiring bummed the crowd out, one thing that didn't was the surprise announcement that the tag team ladder match would be a fatal four-way instead of a triple threat. And who was that fourth team? Let's find out via a clip. What? Oh, my! you got to be kidding me! Oh, we need video, man. We need, to, we need these mark-out moments yeah, on camera. Yeah, we need these on camera. Mm-hmm. I love that Jeff Hardy skips to the ring now. I know. And they're such large skips. Yeah. He's a big boy. He takes big boy skips. And Jinkos, man, you got to skip. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you haven't guessed it already from that music and the words, in their second ladder match of the weekend, the Hardy Boys join the club, Sheamus and Cesaro, and Enzo and Big Cass in the Raw Tag Team match and won. They are your Raw Tag Team champions. Let's talk for a second about how we feel about them not only coming back, but more importantly, getting the belts. Do we think that that helps build the division or does it sort of stunt the growth of some of these teams? Like they finally have three teams vying for the belts. They can maybe trade them back and forth while they're building up other teams. Do you think the Hardys fit into that mix or do you think they actually – is it another case of we're going with old over new? Danielle? Normally. I would say, um, no, not old dudes. Go with new dudes. But all of that, the tag divisions on both sides have been so, like, underwhelming, 
as of late that like I don't mind them injecting someone else in to be like, hey, pay attention to the tags. They're like there is something interesting happening in the tag stuff because they haven't really been doing anything with it. And also, I just have to say once again, this is the only time I have successfully fantasy booked WrestleMania. I am as to like a god. <laughs> well done, Danielle. I'm, Mike, what do you think? I'm going to say more stuff to my microphone, see if it happens. <laughs> I, I, I am in awe of Daniel's powers. Let me just <laughs> say that. We all are. Because, I mean, they are better than Bray Wyatt's powers. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually made something happen. <laughs> <laughs> um. <sighs> I, I like them having the belts. I do like them having the belts. I think what concerns me is something I spoke to earlier that in most divisions, other than the regular guys division, so if we're talking about tag teams, we're talking about women, they don't seem to be able to make any uh, issues between uh, entities, between acts that don't involve the title. Because what you can do here that's great is if the Hardys come in and get the titles, you can have... Oh, the club, whoever feels jilted, go after them for the titles and have a few there and then try to build a few between some other teams based on some personal issue. Try to write something to make that happen. But they don't seem to be doing that a lot lately at all. It just you have three hours, guys. Right. Like you can have more than one tag team thing happening. You can have more than one women's thing happening. You know, and 205 Live is also there. <laughs> right, but let me point out very quickly, I, I do agree with, with what both of you are saying, but when you are in any division, if you're in the Intercontinental Division, which I don't really have, if you're in the mid-card, you should, everything you're, you're doing, the long game is trying to win the IC title. If you're a tag team, you're trying to win those belts. Now, if something happened in that ladder match between the two teams that are not the number one contender, which would be uh, Enzo and Big Cass and the club, then... There has to be something, there has to be an issue set off between the two of them in that both of them were, were vying for the title and they got in each other's way. So if they eliminate the other, then that moves them up the ladder. So right. they, uh, the personal issues, I agree with that, but it has to be going after that title. Yeah, no, they should never not care about the title, but, and, and, and what naturally would service that is if they cared who the number one contender was and if yeah. there was a ladder built in, but yes. they don't, they don't seem to think that way like they only have like the writers or the bookers whoever this is only seem to have in their purview who has the title yeah. and who's going for it and what that leaves is a bunch of teams just off tv half the time all right well let's talk about a few other returns finn balor and evil emma are officially back on raw are you guys excited yes me too i was very very entertained by emma yeah. Very, very yeah. entertained by heel. She Emma. Good. And and she's a different kind of heel than Charlotte or Naya. Yep. So I think there's room for her there. Mm -hmm. And yep. and she made a good showing and I hope that they keep some attention on her and we can forget about that Emmalina shit, man. Well, you have been waiting for so long. <laughs> but let's get back to Mania where where Kevin Owens defeated Chris Jericho for the US championship. Remember, that thing exists. This could ostensibly be the blow-off to their feud, or they could have another match coming up at Payback. If this was the, the culmination of that entire storyline, are you satisfied? Mike? I think the match didn't have the heat that I wanted, 
Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know why that is. I've heard some people posit that maybe it's because like that was such an emotional feud that it needed blood or something to put it over and make yeah. it special. But, you know, the match for what it was, a straight up one on one match, it was good. Something was missing, but it also might have just been a side effect of seven hours of wrestling all at one time. You know, yeah. so it was hard to kind of know even what we got from match to match. But as a storyline. Best friends, guy turns on each other, one-on-one uh, -on -one match, one guy goes over. That's the best you can hope for a storyline. And and for them to continue it, I, you know, ultimately it has to end somewhere. So I don't mind it ending at WrestleMania in a one-on-one -on -one match. Danielle? I agree. And I also think that with Jericho being such a, like, he's already, he's still like a fighting legend. He's a legend that still has his knees and his back and his hips. So he's still like a fighting legend. That DDP yoga. That yep. DDP yoga. Um, so for him to... The ideal is, is when you bring in these older dudes to have them make something special or to have them rev up a division or something, you're doing it in service of saying, hey, this is a dude that you love and this other dude beat that dude clean. So that is the most ideal outcome. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, Jericho's on his way out. There's no, uh, there's no disguising that. He already has tour dates booked. So there's no need. He doesn't need the win. Right. Really. He can go. He can come back later on and, and wrestle Owens again. Yeah, go do your Muppet-themed rock band or whatever <laughs> it is that you're doing. Let's talk about McMahons who were in matches at WrestleMania. Shane McMahon took on AJ Styles, and Triple H, with Stephanie in his corner, wrestled Seth Rollins. Now, AJ and Shane kicked off the show and had probably a better match than most people would have thought, even though it's AJ Styles and he could have a good match with nobody if he was wrestling a ghost. That would be good. <laughs> that being said, did this... To what extent did this exceed your expectations as a match, Danielle? Um, I yeah, I I didn't I wasn't expecting Shane to be able to do anything wrestle like. And again, he was very ginger. He was very like I am the boss. Like he was literally doing that thing where it's like every time he moved AJ around, I could literally see him calculating things in his head. Like okay, if I mess this up, then he's gonna miss this many days, and we've got to pay for this <laughs> long in the hospital, and we just paid for <laughs> Seth's new knee twice. So he's got his, <laughs> gently. He's got a clock and hit. It's been uh three minutes since our last blown spot. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. Like it wasn't great because Shane is Shane, but AJ again, he could make uh, he could make a broom look good. You know, like yeah. that, like you know that broom from Breaking One, where it's just like turbo dancing with a broom or Moppy or a Moppy. WWE broom, just sitting there not doing anything. Just they're not doing anything, and then a there's paycheck. and then there's AJ just making it look good. And so no matter what, he was going to make it look good. I, yes, I was very highly entertained by how um, gentle Papa Shane was, but it, it was fine. It was a fine match. I enjoyed it. There was a couple of let's make Shane look like a wrestler spots that went a little too far. Mm -hmm. Like I said, there was a lot of competitive hugging going on in those submissions <laughs> that Shane was doing. It looked very cozy and not at all painful. Right. So I think if they had to cut that out, we really would have had some. But it was good. It was it was good. I, I thought it was good. I was emotionally invested in it. Happy the right guy went over the right way and also happy with how they resolved it on SmackDown. All yeah. right. Uh, let's turn our attention to the architect versus the king of kings. Uh, spoiler alert. The three, uh, the four of us, actually, Julian as well, were all texting one another during WrestleMania live. And talking about this match, I think at some point I was like, this match is way, way, way too long. That was right before the spot where Triple H was bumped into Stephanie, oh. who then, who then oh. went through the table. And at that point, the, it turned into a sex thread for me. 
I cannot tell you all how much I love that spot. Me too. That was yeah. a great spot. Does it forgive how long and plotting some of the other points of the match seemed? No. Not at all. And and was what I was speaking to earlier, for me personally, you know, working a leg for 20 minutes, not only is it kind of one note for a match, but it restricts the mobility of the super dynamic baby face who is who part of the reason he's over is as his athleticism. And so I wasn't getting I wasn't getting what I wanted out of the match personally. Yeah, I get that it's that thing of like the architect versus like the educated feet of Triple H or fucking whatever. The educated feet. <laughs> <laughs> y'all know y'all missed educated feet. You know you missed educated feet. <laughs> but so it's like I I do I get it, but that match is like yeah, we get it, Hunter. You can go 25 minutes. But do you have to? <laughs> do you have to go 25 minutes? Um, but that bump with Stephanie was perfect because it was exactly what it needed to be. She was where she shouldn't have been, and she was accidentally knocked into a table that was there. It's exactly how that bump needed to happen. And she yeah. looked dead. And makes the heel look stupid. You know, like yep. both heels. Yeah. It makes them look dumb. Uh, Rollins doesn't have any of that weird misogyny heat for hurting her. Yep. Like, and and it was the heat that was needed because she has been untouchable for so long. Yeah. So when she went through that table, crowd fucking lost it. Yep. And it was time to go home. The last time that she really had that much heat that she just kept was when Vicky Guerrero retired. Mm-hmm. So it was perfect. Yep. And especially her being off Raw was great. I loved it. All right. I loved it too. And because she was incapacitated, we found out the next night that Kurt Angle himself is the new GM of Raw. I'm going to ask for a very, this is a very quick one because we didn't, we haven't had enough time to evaluate it. Uh, do you think it should be a heel or face Kurt Angle eventually who is the GM? Michael, go to you first. I think he should be a baby face, but he should uh, be able to turn on toughness at any moment. And he should also keep saying WWE. Okay, Danielle. <laughs> um, I agree. I will take either, but I'm kind of over the heel GM. We already have the authority. Why do we need a heel GM? He should stay a face. I'll say baby face, and in the course of trying to be a baby face, he becomes a monster heel. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or, my Saturday mornings are reserved for cartoons? Or, have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or, how a former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse? Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. The following are real reenactments of pretend emergency calls. 
He's just like Julian and I were talking. Cream we're cheese, texting it's, it's each other. Even... I I would call him flavorless skim milk. Yeah, man. Oh, or like a like when you get that like fat free cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. I just like ah, oh, what do I, do I put in you like a pineapple? How do I help this be food? <laughs> yes. Anyway, he beat the man who has power over projectors for the world title. <laughs> Lesnar Goldberg, let's talk about that first very quickly because it was a very quick match. I thought it was the perfect version of of the match that they needed to have at WrestleMania and the perfect blow-off for that feud. Uh, What do you guys think, Danielle? Just enough. That was as much of them as I wanted to see because anything after that, and they would have been too tie-tie. So it was time for nap-nap. Oh, so sleepy. So this is like, this was perfect. They got in all of the moves that you wanted them to do. Someone got suplexed a bunch. Someone got speared real big. Perfect. This was all that I needed it to do. And bye-bye, Brock. We'll see you at SummerSlam. Nice. Does this wash the taste of WrestleMania 20 out of your mouth, Mike? Absolutely. And I think it was a perfect match. I mean, they, they basically told a fantastic comic book level story with four moves. Um, Goldberg no-selling the initial suplexes and the camera angle they got that from mm. where Brock's turning around to celebrate. Bam, he got hit with a spear. It's like, holy shit. Like, I really, <laughs> I think that was the perfect way to book that. And kudos to them for putting that match on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's shift over to that brave, underutilized underdog, Randy Orton, who finally, <laughs> finally gets that strap. It's been such a long, hard road. I know. I just, I'm just so happy for him. I'm so proud he was able to sk- stick through it with all of the hardship he had being Randy Orton. You know? Yeah. Just, it's so nice to see the good guy win. And just like the guy. I, you know, earlier on, like the middle of his career when he was doing the Legend Killer thing, ugh, but now he's oozing charisma. <laughs> I just, I guess for me, I popped for the projector the first couple times. I was like, ooh, Bray has powers, Bray has powers, something going to happen. And then it was just like, oh, he has the power of a green screen. Well, oh it didn't do anything. God. It didn't. It didn't, it didn't do help anything. Him. And then also, when it went and at SmackDown, when the lights went down, it didn't do shit either because he, he won there too. And and when the lights went off on SmackDown, he just walked like eight feet. <laughs> that was it. And they act like something magical happened. That nigga was going to the bathroom. That was <laughs> all. I think he was running out and he tripped. No, I better sit here. <laughs> And act like this was supposed to be the trick. <laughs> what right. if I just start laughing? <laughs> Will that get it over? You could almost hear the <laughs> sound of the cartoons of him sneaking. All right, let's let's uh, talk about the last couple of uh, titles. We're not going to talk about the IC title because it was in the kickoff show. Jesus so Christmas. if they don't care about it, why should we? <laughs> Bailey retained the Raw Women's title, and Naomi won the SmackDown Women's belt. Uh, What did you guys think of the Fatal 4-Way elimination match for the Raw title? I thought it was okay, but too short. It was okay, but too short. It was fine. It still would have been better if it was a two dudes. (laughs) Two dudes! Mm. I forgot what we talked about. (laughs) The women's match. The women's. Oh, okay. Them teaming up on Nia Jax was the best part, and then after that... It fell apart after that, and it went too fast. I felt like when we were texting, I was saying I felt like it got cut for time. It just didn't make... The drama wasn't there at all, and I don't understand to this day why they ended Charlotte's uh, pay-per-view win streak, and you still had... And this was the payoff for WrestleMania. I don't Yeah, I will say it did redeem Bayley. That was one thing. Is it, in my brain, it redeemed Bailey for her weird uh, kind of like mushy win before. Mm-hmm. She feels like more of a champion now. So uh, kudos. All right, uh, and obviously 
Danielle, you enjoyed a great deal that Naomi got to have her big moment on the main show instead of the pre-show. Yes. And and a great position. They weren't they like right before the yep. main event? Yep. It was fantastic. Naomi looked great. Last night she was holding her leg and she couldn't dance all the way out. And now I'm super scared. <laughs> I think scared. she was selling. I think she was selling. She no, was no, because she did the because she was supposed to dance and she did the thing where she looked at someone and she did that. I'm I'm you can't see the gesture oh, I'm making, no. but it's that one where you take your hand and you're going like cut it off, cut it off. I yeah. can't do it. She did that last night and you could very clearly see her doing it where she was trying trying to dance on one leg, but trying to communicate that, like, no, I really can't dance out of this ring. Okay. It's time to move on. So, real scared. Well, the good news is that Alexa Bliss will soon have her third SmackDown <laughs> Women's <laughs> title. Oh, Poor Naomi. I hope the, I, I, uh, please, so don't let her get hurt. I, you know, I got to say one thing, though. Um, I think that they need to, and, and I, to me, this, this holds true for Naomi and Alexa. I really think that they're... Um, kind of putting these girls in these high-pressure positions a little bit before they're ready. I know Naomi's been around for a long time, but I think it's another reason why they need to have storylines to establish people before they get too close to the belt. Because once you have yeah. that, you know, that's it. Where do you go from there? And yep. I think Alexa Bliss is suffering from that right now. Where, do you, where, does, she, where does she go from here? Right. Where does she go? All right. Uh, why don't we take a quick second to acknowledge the live proposal that we talked about <laughs> Uh, we talked about it last week. Talked about it a bunch. We talked about it a bunch. Uh, John Cena and uh, Nikki Bella. Congratulations, Mazel Stephanie, Tov. Nicole, Garcia, Coles. So many yeah. names. So many names. Uh, well, they... she's Latina. Yeah, yeah, that's real. Congratulations to both of you. Do we have to talk about it more? Um, yes. Right. <laughs> what do you want to say? Are you uh, excited to see the wedding on E? Yes, I'm excited to see the wedding on E. I can't wait to see how it plays out later. I'm excited about her big rock. It looks like a piece of glass. Congratulations, Nikki. It's not a belt, but yay. I think halfway proposing while she was incapacitated was weird. It was <laughs> yeah. weird to remind her of that 18 months I later. told y'all that John had something wrong that with him. That was strange. I have been telling y'all, John got something wrong with him because only a, only a, so, someone who's got some severe issues is like, oh, my girl about to go under. Hey, baby, I love you so much. I'm going right. to marry you someday. And she's like, what? I like water. Like, That's like an <laughs> eight-rate proposal. That is really weird. <laughs> I don't like and, it. Um, I, at this point, I would much rather watch Ms. and Maurice pretend to be Cena and Nikki than actually watch Cena and Nikki do anything. True story, but I think they're going to go to Raw. I think that that was what Ms. was saying when he was like, oh, hey, this is their last time you're going to see Nikki and John on SmackDown. I think that might be real. I think they might be moving over. Word up. Well, we'll, we'll see. So to close us out, we're going to talk about what we thought of Mania. But I do want to say, uh, before we do it, because I think I have a fun way for us to <laughs> to sum this up. Uh, I think that the Usos had a really good point on talking smack. And since we're not putting anything over, I just want to play that real quick. Hey, check this out, Usos. What we want to know is how every single championship was defended at WrestleMania. Except these ones, Usos. Your SmackDown Tag Team Championship. I'm supposed to rent. Represent us for the blue side, and we can't even get on the media car. You Look, know what? I get it. Hey, we should have been the fourth team. Raw's doing it. We was off tonight. There was a problem <laughs> on this show with hot overacts not defending their belts, but instead just appearing in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. So here's what I'd like to do to close it out. And so we've we've already talked about a lot of the show. In honor of of Johnny and Dave Meltzer, I'd like each of us to give a star rating to this WrestleMania. I'm going to give WrestleMania... Can we do decimals? Yes. Yeah. 
3.75 stars. Very good. Out of five, yes. Out of five. Out of five. Oh, man, I was also going to go with the Ed McMahon three and a quarter stars. <laughs> three and a quarter? Yeah, I was also going to go with the three and a quarter stars. Hilarious. I give it three and a half. All right. Oh, didn't get to Fort Julian. What would you give it? Give it a four. I'm going to be generous. Nice. Right. Wow. There you go. We covered the gamut from three to four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I swear that I am going to read off the credits in a second. But before I do that, just wanted to remind people that the Max Fun Drive is coming up. Man, oh man, can you believe it? I feel like we are less than a month away from it. Man, very exciting. We've got a lot of really cool things planned, uh, both network-wide, both specifically for tights and fights. Uh, I think you're really going to have a lot of fun. This really, truly is one of my uh, favorite times of the year uh, to be doing the job that I do. So I really hope you're all looking forward to that. And on that note, that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. Your hosts this week were Danielle Radford, Lindsay Kelk, Mike Eagle. Oh, I really miss that guy. And Hal Lublin. Producer is me, Julian Burrell. Senior producer of Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. We've got merch available, so if you'd like to go get a WrestleMania t-shirt in time for this year, you can go find it inside of our show notes. You can find all of our social media there as well, so please do. We would love to have you following us, telling us all about your wrestling opinions in a polite, fun, and funny way. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode talking about more, you guessed it, wrestling. Here comes the pain. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.